Welcome to Beyond the Field Podcast, your weekly dose of finance, property, and epic people doing epic things powered by the team at Money Empire. Get informed and entertained with the coolest cats in the business. BTF is back. My name is Kane, and I must admit, the looks in the room have gone up, and I'm not just talking about myself. <laughs> I have the beautiful, the one and two and three and only... Financial advisors from Money Empire, Neve Jervis and Lisa Barton. How are oh, we? Great. Good morning. It's bloody freezing this morning. What yeah. was it, six degrees when you got in the car? Six, but know. felt like four, apparently. Oh, yeah. Whatever like, that means. I didn't check. <laughs> well, right now it feels like one. Lydia hasn't put on the bloody um, heating for us, has she? I want to get into this podcast and obviously getting you girls involved as experts at Money Empire because you guys are seeing a lot, which is talking about 5% home loan deposits and what it means. We'll get into some details on how people can get, um, or obtain them. But first and foremost, do one of you lovely ladies want to discuss what actually a 5% home loan deposit is? Yeah, so 5% home loan deposit is where mainly for first home buyers that obviously don't meet the standard threshold of 20% to get into your first home. Um, so you just have to have either some savings, KiwiSaver, or potentially you can use a first home grant to obtain the 5%. Um, there's several lenders that, that within New Zealand that can offer this product. Um, and also it is underwritten by um, Kainga Order. Um, which I guess, plain English, has a final say per se, but you still have to meet the lending criteria within the certain bank that you try to obtain the finance with. Okay, so in layman's terms, if you want to buy for eight hundred thousand um, dollars, you need a forty grand deposit. Yeah, yeah. that was easy. Yeah, easy. Are, we, are we done? <laughs> okay, it's uh, such a good option for first home buyers as well because trying to save twenty percent these days, or and you know get on the property market in Auckland is damn tough. Fully. It's really yeah. hard. And before we get into more detail, you girls didn't want to throw any curly questions out there. Need favourite movie? Oh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Favourite colour, Lisa? I'd have to go, what am I wearing today? Black. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, we'll get back to it. So what's changed maybe over the last six or 12 months with um, low deposit loans? I think it's come back into the market with that the big change is the the price cap increase and also they've brought in a I guess um, so they had two income previously two income caps with so 95 for a single and then 150 for a couple but now they've brought in another middle range one which is 150 for an individual buyer that has one or more dependents which I guess is good if um, say mum's not working or you're a single dad single mum and then you've got one or more children to, to take care of and um, you might be in the employment of 150 which is which is really good because um, it means hopefully more people out there um, that has a family can get on the property ladder with this uh, with also with the price cap so you've got Auckland is 875 now for existing or new um, sorry I just check some figures here then you've got say for example Hamilton that's gone to 725 um, or 650 what was, sorry what was it Auckland did you say 875 oh yeah so it's gone up it was in the 600 625 and yeah, 650 for an existing was like 625 and a new build was 650 which is completely unrealistic I've come across them Williams Corp I think do shoeboxes for 650 <laughs> yeah that's, that's a bit shout out right there one bedroom terrace type uh, okay carry on um, and then Hamilton's not bad. That price point's yeah. not bad. 
Not bad. You can yeah. get good buys in Hamilton still. Yeah, well. I agree. Yeah. Big growth city. Big growth city. Yeah, Shout which out is to the old outback. <laughs> the increase in price cap is really good. Um, it would be good to see them go up more. So government yeah, right. people, if you're listening, increase I, the yeah, cap. increase them, yeah. uh, and also increase the income cap. Because I think it needs to be increased to the the median house price over the last like five years because it's increased so much. Yeah, agree. definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, and also there is um, on the flip side there's a first home grant so now with the if you want to use a first home grant which you can get up to 5000 for an existing or 10000 for a new then um, you have to stick to that price cap so for example Auckland is 875 for new or existing but if you if you're not using the first home grant then the, for the under the first home loan scheme there is no price cap which is really good but you still have to meet the income cap Okay. Yeah. And the income cap was what again? Ninety five for a single, one hundred and fifty for a couple, one hundred and fifty for um, a sing- individual buyer that's one or more dependents. Okay. And throwing it back to you, Neve, favourite colour? Blue. Blue. Okay. <laughs> favourite sport? Surfing for sure. Yeah. Hang ten on that one. Just quickly. <laughs> um, from a, because you are, I must admit, you're very good on the credit side with the lenders. From the lender's point of view, if um, you're submitting an application on behalf of a client, with a, a low deposit loan like this, what are they really looking for? Because the triple CFA has been pulled, I yeah. believe. Um, some extent, or yeah. To some extent. Mm-hmm. So what's a lender really looking for as in a profile from a client for this? I think still... With any application, you're going to need to prove that you can service the loan, which is the main thing. You're still going to have to supply statements to ensure that you've not got, you know, a whole lot of expenses. So I think it's all still pretty standard. Some of the banks have different criterias, which I guess is just, Lisa, you can back me on this, what they would have anyway for like a 5% loan. Um, But yeah, I'd say it's all standard. You still got to supply payslips, statements. Try and avoid yeah. um, a ton of short-term debt. Yeah, yeah they so don't like that, the short-term okay. debt. Mm. Yeah. So if you're applying and you have, say, afterpay or you've got car finance, you're more than likely not going to be able to obtain the 5%? I think you still would be able to obtain it, but if you've got like five or six different short-term debts, they would be wanting you to clear at least a few of those. Right, they which potentially could chew your deposit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. afterpay limits and those sorts of things, you know, they're not huge limits, but it's more like the big car loans, you know, 45000 plus, they're probably going to put a question mark there. Credit okay. cards. Yeah, credit cards. HPs. So you'd probably, if you're doing the 5%, uh, I would probably suggest anything under ten thousand. Yeah. yeah. Um, or or none would be great. But um, it, it doesn't. It's not saying no. You can't have any short term debt with a five percent loan. Yeah. Because you could have, you know, you could have moved into a flat and got HP for some furniture or something like that that you're still trying to pay off. That you obviously take to the new house. But it's just a case of coming to us, getting an assessment, see yeah. where you're at, and then we can work through it. The thing is with those personal loans as well as they chew into your servicing, you know, like yeah. if you're paying $200 a week in car loans and that sort of thing, it does affect it. But yeah, you can still get it done. What about student loan? 
Student loan, yes, it does affect the servicing ability, unfortunately, even mm. though that you've worked your ass off to <laughs> and got that debt to kind of get into the career that you might be in. Um, but sadly, it does affect the... Um, See, I look at that and I think you're talking about short-term debt. I just don't even put student loan in that category, so I think it's really unfair. I totally, get, I, I, I get agree. it's a payment, yeah. but I think it's totally unfair that a young person or a person in general that has a student loan that's tried to probably um, increase their IQ through study and increase the ability to earn money, um, decrease borrowing power at the front end, which really harms somebody. I think, yeah, it makes a huge impact as well, especially, you know, say um, for those legions out there that are doctors or nurses, you know, in, in those kind of occupations, then those student loans are like, you know, 40, 60, maybe. Um, And that's a huge amount. And Mm. it is, it does, I agree, Kane, because I think that sucks that it needs to be factored in in servicing ability. Agree. Favourite holiday destination, Lisa? Oh, golly, I've barely been anywhere. Um, Can I say a future one? I'd love to go to Greece. Greece. One day, I'll get there. Okay. That would be nice. Neve, fees. Or interest rates yep. for these type of loans because you are borrowing at ninety five percent. What sort? What, what would you be looking for? Because you're not going to get a standard rate. I'm guessing on this. Is that right? No. So you actually do get access to standard rates, and the way that they I do give up it, my day job. I way, give up my day job. The way they do it is they charge a one percent fee on the lending amount, but you can actually consolidate that until the into the full loan amount, which is quite good as well because then. Again, you're not chewing into your deposit. You so can that just goes have it. over the, then the it, 95%. Yeah, so you could be like 96, 97% with that 1% fee on top of, which is quite good because then your, you know, fortnightly or monthly repayments are still realistic because you do get access to the standard rates that the banks are offering at the moment. Okay, and that's across all banks, That what you're calling that low equity margin or, or fee? It's called a lender's mortgage insurance, which is obviously paid to kind order to the underwritten and the lenders yeah. okay and that's across all banks yeah 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 that's a standard first home loan scheme thing well i've just learned something today there's several lenders uh yeah the lenders westpac kiwi bank nzcu co-op sbs and unity and there's a couple of other ones as well um smaller companies yeah so you're telling me the other banks that maybe not on that list, they won't do a 95% or a 5% deposit? No, they don't no. have access to, they're not partnered with Crying Order to do this. Okay. Yeah, so it's just the certain banks. So essentially they've been like, you know, accredited in some ways with those um, banks in Crying Order to be able to do it. Okay. So that's quite interesting. So you are... The, the I suppose the ability is out there, but you are restricted in who you can approach and why. And I think then coming back to this with you girls and what you do, um, it's really important then you do see an advisor, a financial advisor in this space. It's a property and finance expert like you guys. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think as well, I might just want to share my thoughts on, I guess, around the 5%. It's, it's excellent in terms of getting your foot onto the property market for you know it could be a young couple or it could be a young single person and just remember that your first home is never going to be your forever home so it is a good option for you to get on the property ladder now Mm. Uh, what i'm seeing at the moment is a lot of yes previously there was heaps of help from mum and dad which Mm. is great um, for those that are fortunate to do it and then of late with all these new changes I've actually seen quite a lot of customers come through that actually just want to do it on their own and see mm. if they can do it on their own which is so cool and mm. it's so inspiring um, and I love that the 
I guess the the flip side of it is if you know you're on 95% equity um, and depending on how the market's going and if you wanted to leverage off that to I guess consolidate some of that debt that you may have had when you got the loan or you wanted to do some renos if you bought an existing house or um, say if you needed to upgrade your car or something there may not be any room there depending on what the market's doing for the value of your house you know mm. say 12 months after um, so that that's just kind of I guess the flip side buying at 95% but okay. I still think it is great to if you have the ability to do it give it a shot there's you know there's people say you know you should buy well, the market's going down, but there is never kind of really a good time to buy. Just if you when think, you can afford it, when you can afford it, if you think you can do it, do it. Don't be afraid. Adding on to that, I think with the thinking you can do it type thing is the best thing is is that you can actually get a pre-approval for this. It doesn't have to be a live deal, so you don't have to have like a signed sale and purchase agreement. So if you come to someone like us, we can give you the numbers, put in an application, and then you actually know what to look for within your price mm. range as well and I think that that is really good for first home buyers because sometimes you can be going in so blind and you know you put a refined amount on trade me and then you look them up on like an internal system and they're way over what you'd put anyway right so I think that's the best thing is the pre-approval if you're approved to buy for 800,000 you know exactly what you can look for whereas if you've you have got no idea yeah, it's a bit okay. hard. So just to clarify then for the listeners, a pre-approval does not mean you're bound to anything. It clearly states and tells you in a formal letter from a bank, this is what you can borrow and up to this yep. amount with the property price of X, so you know what you're looking to a market. Mm. Where on the flip side, a live deal means that um, you've actually got to have a property under contract conditional or unconditional to then obtain finance which is what a lot of the banks were doing on the low deposit loans weren't they when they had capacity to do that but that wasn't under the first home loan scheme that was just under within their lending book that they could lend over 80 okay Um, but i'm just gonna pull you up on something you've mentioned in there i'm hunching you mentioned in there um unconditional please do not make an offer on a property if you're a first home buyer anyone in regards if you um, an unconditional offer that is no conditions because if you go and make an unconditional offer and then you come to us later after yep. the fact we you know there could be a chance of not getting lending so I'm just going to pull you up on that one yep. Kane. No, fair enough fair <laughs> enough fair enough I'll leave now <laughs> um, I'm going to be a real pessimistic person here and throw something at you girls I'm a first time buyer or just a person looking to get into the market um, potentially I, I can um, get that five five percent or 95 percent loan five percent deposit but everything in the media mum and dad friends and family are telling me the world is going to end okay (laughs) i shouldn't laugh sorry yeah Yeah. (laughs) and house prices are going to be negative five dollars worth i'm throwing it out there this is this is mars shit right here okay so what I'm trying to say to you is that if someone if someone's coming to you and says, "Hey, cool, I want to buy something, but I'm being told the house price is going to fall out of the sky." So if I if I buy if I borrow at 95% against the value of my home, let's just say it's a million bucks, and I borrow 95% of it, by next week that house is only worth eight eight fifty. What should I do? You should. There's you know, like I mentioned before, if you can afford it, and we you know, and we've gotten a pre-approval and. Um, I guess I think you should go for it okay but the um, 
I, th- there's so much shit in the media about this. Yes, there's you're going to have the influence probably from mum and dad that you're buying not the right house, not the right area, not the right price, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then you might have... Um, you know, you might have, speak to colleagues or barbecue chat, but if you've got the ability to do it, do it. House prices are always going to go up and down, no matter what. Um, you will regain that value in that property. Yeah. You know, um, you know, you might have bought it last week. Next week, it's you know, like you say, gone down. But come, you know, six weeks down the track, it's probably gone back up. Um, that's an example. But I think just go for it. So what you're trying Don't to tell me? Don't listen to all the yeah, shit well, in the media. The other thing is, is that when you hear it from you know, opinions from people who aren't professionals. They don't know what they're talking about. They're just mm. putting their opinion. They've probably read the header of a news article. Oh, the market's going to crash. Mm-hmm. Don't buy a house. But last time I got told not to buy a house, it went up 300,000. Yeah. <laughs> I still think about that all the time. So Thank you, <coughs> so-and-so. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Um, so what you're that telling wasn't me, a professional. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're telling me then is it's the old saying, it's time in the market not timing the market and if yeah. someone comes to you and says hey I want to buy a home and they say to you look we'll be here for five years you know that at some point in time that will rebound yeah. and I'll give you an example uh, I had a um, uh, person I know he uh, had a million dollars right and invested in the share market five years ago pretty much doubled his money right so it was up to two mil and over the last three four weeks has dropped three hundred grand but my mindset is you're still up seven hundred. yeah so it's don't worry about a loss this will bounce back it's time time on any asset going forward we're getting way off topic here people um (laughs) anything else you girls would want to add to this because i think this is a really important uh topic and position people are in and i think and it's only my opinion i think it is a perfect perfect time to be buying an asset. There's a lot of uncertainty in the market. We were going through two years of auctions going crazy, mm-hmm. unknowing, not knowing what a value was truly worth. Markets come down, you've got way more time to do due diligence, you've got way more time to think about it, and you've actually got the ability to actually put in a good price or offer to get something at a really good value. Yeah, I think there's a lot more negotiation going on now. Like you said, it was all yeah. auctions, so you have time. If you're a first-home buyer, it's hard just to you know, go straight ahead. So now that there is more time on your hands, it's the perfect, it's the perfect opportunity. And we look at historical data, right? So properties yeah. work historically in 10-year cycles. Everyone's like, that's not going to happen ever again. But they've been saying that for the last 75 years. So, um, And I know my other um, beautiful human being co-host, he brought in a... Um, uh, a magazine from home that he found dug up which was 2016 I think in his um, backyard and bloody shit and it was talking about how house prices were out of control in 2016 compared mm. to um, mm. wages so it's all it all comes around and roundabouts you'll hear your parents say oh my first house was only 50 grand but the mortgage interest is 25% and it was in relationship to their income so Get rid of the doom and gloom. If you've got the ability to buy it and you can service the debt, yes, interest rates are rising. Remember, historically, we're still lower than what the average two-year fixed rate is. Yeah. We've just been used to 2% loans. Everyone tied their knickers up and threw them out the window. <laughs> you know? So I just want to finish on this note. Who's the best beyond-the-field host around here? 
Not yet. Oh, <laughs> girls, um, I must admit your your um, knowledge and ex- uh, expert advice on this is really crucial for a lot of people, and I want you both to be able to plug yourself so quickly. Give yourself a shout out. Why they should come see you. Come and see me because I've got all the expert and the, I mean expert knowledge and experience in the world. Neve. Nice. Come and see me because I've been in the first home buyer position recently and I feel like having someone who can relate would be really helpful as well. And listeners, you'll find Lisa at the local netball courts and you'll find Neve at the local beach surfing a big break. <laughs> My name's Kane. These girls are fantastic. Um, Money Empire, property and finance experts, come see them, come talk to them. They're approachable, they'll love a coffee and they'll help you out. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Field. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with your mates or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, you can follow us on Instagram at Beyond the Field Podcast or send us an email at info at beyondthefield.co.nz. Thanks again and we'll see you all next time.